This episode is brought to you by Dear Mom Transport. Dear Mom Transport is a non-emergency transportation provider and also providing school transportation and private transportation as well, servicing those in Nassau County, New York. You can locate Dear Mom Transport at www.dearmomtransport.com or at 516-464-1923. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Grow Podcast, Getting Rid of Weeds. I am your host, Shawana. I thank you greatly for tuning in to today's episode, which is episode seven, where I will be talking about the weed of unforgiveness. We'll go into um, into detail what weeds are and how um, they look in our everyday lives. So I thank you for tuning in. And um, I recommend that you get a notepad and a pen because we're going to really dive into um, some definitions and some scripture so that we can get a better idea of what we are talking about. So let's get to it. Okay, everyone. So first I want to identify and define what a weed is. Okay, so a weed is a wild plant growing where it is not wanted and is in competition with cultivated plants. So I'm going to read that again. A weed is a wild plant. So it's wild. It's not beautiful. It's it's not something that we are looking to have in our gardens. It's a wild plant growing where it is not wanted. And it is in competition with cultivated plants. Now, how I learn, I learn when I... I have to have everything broken down in order to be able to understand what is being said. So I needed to know what is a cultivated plant. Cultivated plants are plants that are grown for their produce, right? Which are crops, grains, vegetables, and fruits. So a weed is a wild plant that is in a place that we don't want it to be, and it competes with fruits, the production of fruits, vegetables, and grains. So in other words, we want the, we want grains, we want fruits, we want vegetables, we do not want the weed. Okay. Because it has no life to it. It's not producing anything that is good in our lives. It's not producing anything good in our garden. It's just sitting there and it's unwanted. Okay, what are weeds or what are cult? Yes, what are weeds in our lives that we could we could pinpoint? Some of the weeds in in our lives: poverty, generational curses, trauma, abuse. Domestic violence, unforgiveness, 
divorce, separation, depression, bitterness, obesity. Obesity is is a weed. It's 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 unwanted. It, it's it's something that should not be, right? We should we should live healthy lives. We should um, we should look to enter a life of, of of being healthy and fit and eating right and, and and nourishing our bodies with the right food. So obesity is a weed. What are things in our lives that could be considered cultivated, cultivated plants, purpose, vision, success, joy, family, wealth, well-being, therapy, forgiveness, multiplication, health. These are things that are that are producing and bearing good fruit. These are things that are presenting positivity in our lives. We're experiencing growth. We're multiplying. We're being fruitful. So weeds in our lives, they choke out vision. It removes the joy from our lives. Weeds cause depression. It strips us from our, our health, our physical health, our mental health. It chokes out purpose. So the weed that we're talking about today, that I'm talking about today, is the weed of unforgiveness. What is unforgiveness? Unforgiveness is when you are unwilling or unable to forgive someone for hurting, betraying, breaking your trust, or causing you intense emotional pain. There are different types of hurt and emotional pain that one may have experienced in their life. I will talk about those, a few of those that I have experienced with friends or so-called friends, church hurt, divorce, family drama, right? So I, in in, in, in my life, I have had... Um, several friendships, right? Um, where, and then that's air quotes, um, where I have thought people have been my friend. Oh, you know, she's cool and she's this and she's that. And, you know, and then you turn around and find out that those same people are talking about you behind your back, right? Or those same people are envious of you because they don't have what you have. And so what happens is in those types of friendships or situationships, eventually those things will start to come to its head and, and there'll be exposure, right? And that's through prayer, that's through uh, discernment and things like that, right? Um, so I say that to say I have had um, friendships that have failed and for the past couple of years, I've held unforgiveness in my heart towards these people. For whatever happened, I've I've have had unforgiveness in my heart. Talk bad about them, talk crap about them, 
wish them bad, don't don't want to see them, block them on social media, block them in my phone, like horrible, right? And I'm and I'm admitting it. It wasn't until this week that I said, you know what? I'm going to unblock these people. I am no longer going to have these people take hostage over my mind, over my emotional well-being, right? Um, so I unblocked them. And that's starting that 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 process of 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 forgiving, healing. Right, my my previous um, a church that I've attended. <laughs> this is not my current church. Okay, I love my current church. My pre the previous church that I attended, the pastor blocked me on social media. Blocked moi on social media, and while his while his member, I'm sorry, yes, while his member, which is my ex husband, was still at the church. How do you do that? How are you a pastor, a lead pastor of a church? And you have a disagreement with me over me voicing my opinion, right? Of how disgusting you are on social media. And you choose to block me on social media. Let me just say, I could hear two cents about someone blocking you on social media. But it's the it's the undertone, right? It's the intent. It's the do do do, do, do just look at that picture. You have a member of your church who was married to someone who was not at your church and you block their wife. You block their spouse on social media. Do you, can you imagine the type of conversations that would be had in that household? regarding that activity, right? So we have to be very careful in leadership, right? When you're leading people, when you're leading the sheep, there's a huge onus, there's a huge responsibility to lead people biblically because Jesus wouldn't have done that, right? So I say all of that to say there was unforgiveness in my heart towards this person. Right? I can walk over the mall, see this person and walk past them. But now I'm in a place where, you know what? It happened. Will I go to your church anymore? No, I wouldn't. But I can love you from afar and I can appreciate you from afar. So I am going through that process of healing and forgiving that person. Okay. The next hurt that I have experienced, the most recent hurt, one of the most recent hurts that I have experienced is divorce, right? I had a huge level of animosity towards my ex-husband. Like I hated him. Why? Because I never wanted to experience divorce. I never wanted my children to be separated from their, from their father. You know, I, I was married for, for 10 years and, 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 and that's a huge milestone. And I, and, you know, I uh, was faithful for 10 years, you know, and, to have to go through a divorce, there was a lot of pain, a lot of anger, a lot of frustration behind that, even though I was the one that filed for divorce, right? So it wasn't until I entered divorce care that I realized that I needed to create 
and or establish an environment for my children so that they can see their parents get along, getting along. Even though in my heart, even though in my heart, I didn't necessarily at that time want to forgive, I knew that I had to, to present a picture to my children that mom and dad are, are getting along. You know, we're not buddy-buddy, but we're getting along with each other. So, you know, there were, there were periods of time where I would like be upset at his success, you know, and I needed to pull that back. After, after going to divorce care, I realized that, nope, I need to be happy for his success. If you're successful, my children are. Right. So removing that unforgiveness um, from my heart and, 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 and experiencing, you know, a healing, experiencing healing. This is a scripture in um, Psalm 126.6, the NIV version that says, those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow. So those who go out weeping, those who go out crying, those who go out grieving, those who go out experiencing sadness, carrying seed. So even though I'm crying, even though I'm grieving, even though there's tears, I still have seed to sow. I still want to plant. Even though I went through a divorce, I still want to get remarried. Even though these people have talked behind my back, I still want new friendships. Even though there's family drama, I still want to reconnect. I still want to go to the family reunion, right? So those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy. So you will return happy. You will return with joy, carrying sheaves with them. What are sheaves? That was my question. What are sheaves? So I looked up the definition of sheaves. It's the plural. The singular is sheaf. A sheaf is a bundle, a bundle of grain or stalks tied together after reaping. So you will return with bundles of joy. You will return with, with an abundance of joy. We, we use that cliche when, the, when there's a newborn baby, a bundle of joy. In this situation, there's a bundle of joy. So another, what is the scripture saying? The pain won't last forever, right? And, 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 and also, when there's pain, when there's grief, you still have to plant. You still have to plant. You cannot just grieve and sit. You grieve. Those who go out weeping, those who go out crying, carrying seed, it means I'm still looking to plant. So in other words, I still have faith that my husband will find me. I still have faith that I will be remarried, right? My husband will love me the way Christ loved the church. So I have this seed. I'm planting that seed. The Bible says that when a, when a man finds a good thing, the Bible says that when a, when a husband will find, when a husband finds a wife, he shall find a good thing and obtain favor from, from the Lord. So it's, it's, it's my onus. It's my responsibility at this time 
Someone recently broke down the scripture to me. It's my responsibility at this time to mirror a wife. How do I do that? Plant. How do I plant? Get the seeds. What are the seeds to become to becoming a wife? Find scripture. In Ephesians, find scripture to help you identify what a wife looks like so that when he finds you, you're ready. So that when he finds me, I'm ready. I love this scripture, Psalm 126.6. It's in the NIV version. I love it. I prefer the NIV version because it's, it, it, it really breaks down the wording. It really breaks down the wording. There's another scripture I want to give you. It's Matthew 12. 34. There's a specific line I want to hone in on. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Gossip is coming out of your mouth. Anger is coming out of your mouth. Frustration is coming out of your mouth. It shows what your heart is full of. If your heart is full of unforgiveness, Bad things are going to come out of your mouth. Negative words are going to come out of your mouth. Curse words are going, are going to come out of your mouth. So it's important to fill your heart with those things that are positive so that the things that come out of your mouth will be good, will be a fruit, will be positive, will be kind. Yes, he broke your heart. Yes, you've had children. You may have had children with someone and now you're separated. He's left you or she's left you and now you're a single parent. But it's important to, to speak positive things even throughout those things that have happened to you, those bad things that have happened to you, those offenses that, that, have, that, that you have experienced, the pain that you have experienced, those people who have hurt you, who have turned their backs on you, who have betrayed you, who have stolen from you, who have cheated on you. It's important to fill your heart with those things that are positive so that you can speak those things that are positive. What the heart is full of, the mouth speaks. How do we get rid of Weeds in our lives. In the, in the garden, right? If there's a weed in the garden, we dig up the, we literally, we dig up the weed by its root. So in our lives, guess what? We're going to do the same. We're going to dig it up by its root. The root of unforgiveness is emotional pain. Offense, physical pain, embarrassment, judgment, drama. How do we dig it up by its root? Acknowledge the emotional pain that you feel about the harm that this person or persons may have caused you. Work to release it. Identify the symptoms of unforgiveness. What does unforgiveness look like? What are those symptoms? Pettiness, anger, Frustration, vindictiveness, jealousy, being compulsive, right? There are a couple of symptoms that stood out to me that I want to, to uh, because a lot of times we don't realize that these things are actually unfolding in our lives. And that's being compulsive, the first one. 
You cannot control the person that hurt you. You see this a lot in divorce. You see it a lot in in, in custody battles. Oh, he, oh, he wanna he wanna get a new girlfriend. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna show him. I'm gonna take him to court and I'm gonna take for all he got. That was me. And I'm being I'm keeping it 100. That was me. Oh yeah, we was married for 10 years and this this happened. Oh yeah, I'm gonna take you for all you got. That was me. That's me now. Right? But I'm getting in a place of forgiving my ex-husband. I'm getting to a place where I where I'm forgiving where I am forgiving him and we're at a place where we are, we're discussing what's the best interest for our children. It's not me anymore. I'm out of the equation. We're out of the equation. The conversations are about the children. So you see it a lot in divorce. Oh, he going to get, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get that, right? And trying to manipulate the situation to think that that person is going to now fold. When in actuality, it doesn't change the interaction. The person is still going to be with whoever they want to be with. The person is still going to do whatever they want to do, regardless of how controlling you think that you are. Right. Instead of in, 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 in this situation and identifying that you're, you may be compulsive. Try to pull away from the situation. Realize what's important to you. What's important if you have children, what's important is the children. If you if you're if you're divorced or separated and, 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 and you don't have any children, what's important is that agreement that you guys may have come up with. Right, because there's always a, a divorce settlement. Right, so what's important is is your 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 mental well being. What's important is, is is not ruining someone's life. Right, is ensuring that both both parties walk away with something. What's in, what's important is your dignity. What's important is if you're a believer, it is 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 doing things the way the way Christ tells us to do it, loving our neighbors. What's important is healing. Okay, another symptom of, of, of having unforgiveness in your heart is you get sick. I've met people in their 30s and every other week they were sick. And I never understood it. Okay, and I'm not saying <laughs> that that is connected to unforgiveness. But I, I, what I am saying is that a lot of people don't realize that unforgiveness can make you sick. There are stress-related illnesses like anxiety, depression, and high blood pressure. Right? It's it's not only caused by stress, but they but they are conditions that can be stress-induced. So it's important to let go of bitterness. Let go of unforgiveness in your heart to improve your, your overall heart, your overall mental health, right? And it just feels better to know that these people are not, these people who have harmed you, who have uh, offended you, no longer are holding your mind hostage. There's a release there. 
Another symptom, this is the last symptom that I'm going to mention. There are many others. I could do a part two and three regarding this, right? So the third one I want to mention, the third symptom of unforgiveness is you're gossiping about the party, right? So it's natural that we want to return the hurt to those who have hurt us. Oh, he did this, he did that, yeah, yeah, he, he ain't even got no job. Or oh, he dating her and he ain't even, he ain't even circumcised. I don't know why he dating her and I don't even know why she dating him. And it's like, mind your business. Who cares if the man ain't circumcised? Who cares if, 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 you know, he want to date having many women, he want to date and she want to date having many, and they ain't, who cares? That's not your business. Right? So the Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. So we want fruit to come out of our, our mouths. We want life. We want to speak life over people. We want to speak life to people, not death. Right. So so a lot of times we gossip with people, gossip to people. Right. And, and not realizing that we're gossiping to someone about someone else. But potentially what we're doing is we are damaging our relationship with this person that we're gossiping to because that person is looking at us like we. If you're talking about them, I know you're going to talk about me. This has been me. I have I have been I've very well been a gossiper. <laughs> the Lord is still still working on me in that area. It, it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with unforgiveness. But it's, it, it's related, but the Lord is dealing with me in that area because it, it's not a good quality um, at all, at all. Um. So instead of gossiping about a person or saying unkind things about someone. Try to say something about them that you admire or something that they do that is good. So, okay, he ain't got no job, but he make food for the kids every weekend and drops it off to my house. That's a good, good thing to say about someone. So instead of saying the negative, say the positive. Okay, well, well what if there's nothing good to say? Or there's nothing that you admire about that person. Don't say anything at all. There's that cliche saying that we've learned as a child. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say it at all. Yes, it makes sense. It makes it makes very, very, very good sense to keep our mouths shut if we don't have anything positive to say. Especially if that party is part of our lives. So even though you're no longer married... You have children with this person. People, so a lot of people, are like, well, I only got eighteen years to deal with her. No, you don't, because there's going to be there's going to be weddings, with your children's weddings. There's going to be baby showers. You there's going to be a lot of time spent with that other person. So it's not just until they're eighteen. There's going to be college graduations. There's going to be a ton of things that your children will want both of you, you both parents, at when they are adults, right? Another way to get rid of weeds in a garden is we typically use substances to get rid of it. We spray vinegar and other chemicals to get rid of the weed in the garden. In our lives, obviously, we're not spraying people, but we are <laughs> using other things to get rid of the unforgiveness, going to therapy, 
exercising, right? So we're releasing that stress by exercising, journaling, writing down those hurts and those, and acknowledging those, those pains that we have, writing it down, praying, asking God to, 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 to help you with the, the, the unforgiveness in your heart. So I pray today that you all that are listening may have been blessed by this, this episode. Uh, unforgiveness is a huge, um, it's very dear to my heart because it's something that I have experienced throughout my entire life from childhood up until now. Um, it started with my mom and um, being neglected as a child and having unforgiveness in my heart up until 2019 when I entered therapy and realized that, wait, I need to forgive her, right? So I did that. And now I'm her primary caretaker. Go figure. <laughs> so it's a it's a huge topic. It's a huge issue. It's something that you know we need to 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 to, to really identify. Um, so I pray that you were blessed by this episode. I pray that you share it with um, those that you may feel are experiencing uh, unforgiveness or just 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 need a breakdown of what. Uh, these weeds look like in our lives. I love you all. I thank you for listening to episode seven of the Grow Podcast, where we get rid of weeds. I pray that you have an awesome day and an awesome week. Bye.